Hello and welcome to episode 76 of the Fertility Podcast. I'm Natalie Silverman, your host. And if this is your first listen, then welcome to the podcast. You might have found me because you've just found out that you need to have fertility treatment. You might not have found that out yet. You may be just trying to start your family and it's taking a bit of time. Well, this podcast shares stories of people that have had their own fertility struggles from male infertility issues to female and also I speak to fertility experts and I speak to people that work within the fertility industry to really try and give you more information ultimately. I had fertility treatment in 2014 along with my husband. I should say we really all the time, shouldn't I? We have a lovely little boy who's now two and with a background in broadcasting, I wanted to make this podcast as a useful resource to give you something that you don't have to read, basically. You can just listen to different people's stories and get information and maybe some advice. I'm not an expert. I'm someone who's sharing my own experience and have spent two years now talking to all sorts of people and I hope that this is useful for you. Now this episode is about some different services that I've discovered that I think if I'd have known about when I was starting out on my treatment it really would have changed my choice of how we had our treatment I think. Ultimately it's all about empowering you to make the best decisions possible and we're going to hear from two different ladies who have got two very different services. So first of all we're going to hear from Dr Ifana Koita who is going to talk about her service that she set up called IVF Matters which is basically an online fertility clinic that enables you to have laboratory tests, but you can have them wherever you are. You can get them online. Pretty forward thinking. Dr. Fan is going to explain all about why she set this up, and I'm going to give you all the details of how you can find out more at the end of the episode, so keep listening. So I'm going to welcome Dr. Ifana Koita to the podcast to talk about her startup, IVF Matters. So Dr. Ifana explain more. How are you? Thank you very much, first of all, for having me. That's my pleasure. Well, I want to know about your background because you've got over a decade experience within the fertility industry, haven't you? Yes, indeed. Uh, I started way back in 2005 and um, I did my initial training at King's College Hospital in London. And subsequently, over the years, I have been working in the private sector in some of the leading uh, fertility units in the country. And I've grown to become really passionate about what I do. And I know that one thing where we struggle is holding our patient's hands and very often clinics are not able to provide that additional support and it becomes quite a difficult task for patients to find their way uh, through the system. So late last year, I thought I need to really simplify the patient journey. So I set up IVF Matters, which is a UK's first online fertility service. What you've actually created is a, a website full of different tests, different services that people need when they are having to investigate their own fertility. You're enabling people to have that kind of instant access So just describe how that works, because in essence, I can go and buy online a test that I'd assume would have to be done in a laboratory. So it's a very new concept. Uh, We are, in effect, an e-commerce site. What we offer are three services. One is consultations. uh, Secondly, the laboratory tests. And thirdly, ultrasound scans. Now, I'll describe each of them in a nutshell. The consultations can be ordered through the website, which means that subsequently one would have a face-to-face consultation with our multidisciplinary team. 
So the access is all over and you're not limited by where you live. And it's also at the same time very discreet. The laboratory tests can be purchased through the website. Once a purchase is made, we then send the sample collection kits to their preferred address. One can have uh, the blood drawn up locally. Subsequently, one posts the samples into any red post box. We provide all the packaging needed. Uh, once the sample reaches the laboratory, it gets processed, and we then get the results through our cloud-based software. Our clients always get copies of their results, and our ultrasound network of centers allows us to scan patients at over 60 locations all over the country. So in essence, you know, we can perform ultrasound scans, laboratory tests, consultations, all through our web portal. So let's just talk about that first consultation stage. So that can be done on Skype. So like you say, it doesn't matter where people live. Indeed. So we have a global license, which means that we can consult patients all over the world. Of course, UK is our base. Uh, So at the moment, we are focusing on UK-based clients. But really, you can access us uh, from wherever you are. um, And our team has everyone in terms of specialists. So we've got a female fertility specialist, which is myself, but we've got also got a male expert, urologists, nutritionists, counsellors, hematologists, geneticists. So all specialities have been um, incorporated uh, such that, you know, one won't have to look outside the site if you needed help during your fertility journey. The, the labs that you use for the tests, can you be kind of assured that they're the same quality if you were to have the test in a clinic? So we use the largest provider of private laboratory testing in the country. So you can be rest assured that the laboratory that we're using, uh, it is a very high end and a very popular laboratory. So though our prices are significantly more affordable, you are getting results from a very highly reputed lab. So there is no compromise. I mean, you're, you're basically enabling people wherever they are to pay the same for these tests, which is part of the issue when we hear about the postcode lottery and we hear about people having to not only now more than ever self-fund, but have to pay different prices. How, how are you able to be so regulated, I suppose, with the services that you're offering? We found, um, you know, very clever and creative ways of performing the tests. Uh, We've optimized them into packages, and this means that the benefit that we get, we are able to roll them out to our patients. So though you get a very high-end service, you're not really compromising uh, the care or the standards in terms of the results uh, that we will uh, give you when you make a purchase through our website. It's just a very clever way of getting around and ensuring that there is no unnecessary expenditure and it's very cost effective. And time effective, it seems, because part of the issue that I know we had and people that I, I, I friends that I know have when you're going through this process of, of even just investigation, if you're doing it on the NHS, you're waiting for the letter, for this test, for that test, whereas this really enables you to, to get stuff done. Indeed. So, for example, uh, when you look at consultations, we're able to book it for you on the same day. And the same is with ultrasound scans. With our laboratory tests, uh, it takes us a couple of days for us to send the sample out to you and then once you've had your bloods taken it would take us it would 
take a couple of days for the sample to reach our laboratory. Most of the tests can be processed on the same day, which means that most certainly within five days you would get a result. You could also choose to have next day delivery, which means that you can further narrow this down um, if you were in a rush to get started. And you mentioned obviously you're online, but it's a, you're a UK-based company. So geographically around the UK, are there certain areas that you've got kind of clinics, facilities that you're working with? Currently, I satellite with a London-based clinic, um, and that's how I offer all the clinical services. But in terms of diagnostics, we can um, perform the tests all over the country. So really, we're not limited by any location. Wherever you are in the country, we can more than certainly arrange the investigations for you. In fact, for our London-based men, uh, we've got another interesting service, uh, which is uh, home collection of the semen samples, which is very unique and the first one of its type, whereby we can send medical couriers to a man's home address in order to collect the semen sample and ensure that it reaches the lab within an hour. Uh, because that's one test which is time sensitive. Yeah, it's amazing. Yes, we, we have, uh, you know, thought deep and hard in order to make our service very user-friendly. And if people are nervous about that responsibility of doing the test themselves, you know, because obviously there's a reason that you want to go to a professional. I mean, I know you've got lots of kind of videos online, but is, is it all explained if you're, if you're doing a blood test or obviously a semen analysis, a semen sample doesn't need to be explained, but um, the information is there as well, isn't it, for the patients? Yeah, so on our landing page, we've got um, an, a video which actually explains how uh, we process the service. So it's self-explanatory and it's actually so simple that patients you know, are really pleased and we've got fantastic reviews from the ones who have used it. And we're becoming increasingly popular because patients having treatment even at other clinics are finding our services exceptionally well-priced. And we don't have any restrictions uh, in terms of who can use our service, even if you're having treatment elsewhere, having treatment abroad, you're more than uh, welcome to use our service. You don't really need to be a registered patient or go through a consultation in order to have a lab test or an ultrasound scan through our setup. And you said that patients get copies of everything. So this is all information that you can have in a file and arm yourself when you go and have your first chat with your GP or if you want to then go to a, a fertility clinic but you can empower yourself having looked into things and found out whether there is maybe a problem. Indeed you know with fertility time is of the essence as they say one can't Botox their ovaries so I think you know with the NHS funding dropping uh, quite dramatically um, it empowers couples to fast track their journey. I think one big reason why couples are reluctant and resistant in taking the first step is that fertility treatment in general is very expensive. And what we've done is that we've made it very affordable, which means that you don't really have to wait for your NHS funding to come across. You can actually start having the initial investigations done such that if a problem is picked up, you can get started right away. Well, I think also it's important to state that you can do investigations that might 
suggest other ways that you could go. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to have fertility treatment, but there could be other changes with your diet or you could look into making other lifestyle changes as well. It's not a definite, you're going to have a test and you're definitely going to have to have fertility treatment, is it? No, not at all. In fact, uh, most of the couples who come to our site find that their results are indeed normal. You know, very often they're very young couples who find it very reassuring that they've done some preliminary tests which have all come back as uh, being normal. And it has then given them the confidence to carry on trying naturally. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's power to the people. And it's a really user-friendly site. I've had a good look round, And uh, I think it's really clever how you've split it into the male and female and you've detailed what's in the different tests. Because when you are trying to conceive and you are on Google all the time, you kind of arm with all this information. And I think it's presented in a way that is quite straightforward. So let's hope that um, it, it makes people be more proactive in... In their, in their journey to start their families? What we've also done is that we package the investigations such that when you purchase these packages, uh, you can be rest assured that it has all the men- mandatory tests that are required as part of the HFEA regulation. So you know for sure that you haven't missed out on any tests which uh, will be required by your clinic. Additionally, we are contactable through our online inquiry form You can reach us telephonically and on email. If you had any query, any worries, we will get back to you straight away. And we hope that the service will encourage couples to start their journey sooner rather than later. Well, we'll put the details on the show notes for this episode anyway, so people can find out and have a look at the website. And I think it's really smart what you're doing. And let's hope it gets people being more active and and getting where they want. Uh, Dr. Afana, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much, Natalie. I I want to end by saying that you know my patients find your podcast very useful uh, i think you're offering a fantastic resource for patients and you know you you are providing them um, a non-biased opinion um, of the services which are available and uh, i wish everyone who's trying to start a family all the very best so good luck take care now thank you bye bye So I hope you agree, a pretty remarkable and innovative service there that I hope if you are at a point in your journey where you are able to make decisions of how you have your test done, then this could be something that you could consider. Now we're going to speak to Saskia, who is somebody who I first learned about. She had listened to the podcast and Saskia had actually got in touch with me asking why I was anonymous which if you've listened to the early episodes of the podcast you'll know that I I was talking to you as the fertility potty which is the name of this podcast because I didn't quite feel comfortable actually being me Natalie but when my son turned one and Saskia and a couple of people had got in touch saying why are you talking about a taboo subject being anonymous so I stepped into the podcasting light and introduced myself and have done ever since and it's been much more freeing for me Saskia and I then met at Jessica Hepburn's Facility Fest, which you can learn about in episode 35 and then hear the highlights in episode 41. And it will happen again in the UK in 2018. And Saskia has set up her own business, which she's going to talk to you about. Again, a a really fascinating service that I think if I'd have known about when I was on my fertility journey, I quite possibly would have reached out for. Saskia, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Natalie. Hi, thanks for having me. It's lovely to have you here. Lovely to see you at the Fertility Show in Manchester. And had you done the London show as well? 
Yeah, I had. I did the London show in November last year. And were they your first uh, shows? Yeah, that was my official launch. Just went from London to Manchester and, and I'm, I'm definitely going to do Manchester again because I think it's great to just meet as many people as you can. It's such a crucial time, you know, to have that face-to-face contact. I think people need it, you know. Well, also for anybody listening outside of the UK, London and Manchester are kind of opposite ends of the UK. So it gives people all over the chance to go to these shows. So before we talk about what you're doing with your business, let's just talk about your fertility journey. Basically, I was in a relationship with someone and we weren't actually trying for children. What led me to seek help was the fact that I was just in agony every month with my periods. And as soon as I gave the doctor a few of my symptoms, he basically said, it sounds like endometriosis. Wow, that's a record because the stories I've heard, it can take up to seven years. I mean, it had basically got to the point where I'd left it probably seven years too late without going. So by the time he'd done a routine laparoscopy, which he thought would clear me, I, I, I just rem, will remember this forever is, is waking from that operation and being told that my fallopian tubes were completely blocked and that there was no way, you know, I would ever conceive naturally. So I had left it far too long and just been suffering in silence and, and just necking all the painkillers, just thinking it was normal to have this much pain every month. So it was too late for me at that point. I was 31. So his encouragement was that I was young in an IVF world. So and I was a perfect candidate because I was healthy, but that in order for IVF not to be compromised, that I probably have to have both of my fallopian tubes removed so that I didn't spread the infection to my womb. I had my eggs, I had healthy ovaries, I had a healthy womb. So I would be able, hopefully, to carry my own. I just didn't have the transport, basically. So that was a really kind of difficult time, obviously, because it was a very final decision. I ultimately had to choose whether to have them out or not. That decision was left with me. And then you are completely reliant on IVF. And the stats, as we know, aren't amazing. So it was, it was very much putting your hands into, you know, what science was doing then. And at that point, did you reach out for any support or counselling on that procedure? Ultimately, you just you just decided and went for it. Yeah, I basically put my trust in the doctors in Western medicine. Um, and I thought, you know what, these tubes have given me such agony. I need to just get rid of them. So I grieved for them and cried for them and and just thought, well, let's just be done with them and then just start again with what I have and then invest all my effort and energy into just tackling IVF. And so at that point, my partner and I, we just thought, well, let's let's just go for it. I had my tubes removed in April 2011. We started IVF in August 2011 and I was pregnant a month later. Amazing. So was yeah, I was I was thrilled and over the moon and I was I I did think it would work because I think I'm one of those people that just kind of believes and then I'm quite optimistic, have quite a strong outlook on, you know, things working out and I was healthy and, and I thought I've got time on my side. So there wasn't so much pressure there. And so I think ultimately that's why it worked out for us then. And and we had we had a, a baby girl in, in May twenty twelve, that was. And then when my daughter was about five months old old my now ex-partner and I separated and we had at that point two frozen embryos at the clinic that because of the separation we had to make the really difficult decision to to destroy those two embryos 
um, because we just we weren't able to continue together as a couple. And that was another quite difficult time because obviously they were my daughter's future siblings. Um, and uh, and that was even more sort of grief and ending to come to terms with. Um, and I think finding myself and kind of on the road with as a single mum and infertile, this label on me, you know, the, the potential and, and to kind of meet someone else and start something else again was just a bit depressing. And at that point, did you talk to and did you have anybody you could talk to about it? I mean, my family, I was very open with them. And I actually I, I a lot of my friends knew about my IVF. And, and I was actually very open with my employer as well. I was teaching at the time, I was extremely open about the whole thing. But I didn't I still hadn't got the support from outside agencies at that point. I was still very much kind of dealing with it on my own, but with my immediate circle. And then when I met my now husband, Jerry, we met about a year later. He was someone I'd known for actually quite a long time. So we had a strong friendship already. When we decided that we were going to go for IVF, we were really quite optimistic that it would work because obviously it had worked for me the first time. And we, we basically did two rounds, which included getting pregnant and having a miscarriage and then doing two frozen embryos which both failed and then another failed round after that at that point that's when it really took its toll because I just hadn't expected it not to work having been through such a positive time with my eldest child you know I was in this amazing loving new healthy relationship and then this my second child just it was it, I knew it was out there somewhere, but it just wasn't happening for us. And I think that's the point at which everything changed for me. It made our relationship change as well, because, you know, you go through things like miscarriages and, and frozen embryos, which you're pretty sure have worked. And then the test is endlessly negative And, you know, you're fighting all these feelings. It's it's at that point that I thought, hold on a minute this you know the clinic's fantastic at doing all this medical stuff but actually where's all my emotional support where's all this nutritional advice that I now know about and it was really then that I thought I actually something needs to change and so I gave up my teaching job and I basically started researching fertility support I changed my lifestyle I started tweaking my diet and my nutrition intake and it wasn't that I ate badly it was just I needed to tweak a few things here and there and just look into different types of nutritional supplements and crucially I got the emotional support from Fertility Network UK and started attending secondary infertility groups so I just found fertility groups generally were weren't really adapted to me because obviously I had a daughter. And it was then that I started thinking about what I could put together to help people like me. And that's when I came up with my beehive. When I had given up my job and changed my focus and outlook, that's when I did another round. And fantastically, it worked. And I was um, pregnant and had my second daughter by November 2015. So how much do you think your mindset at that stage was a factor because you know ultimately we understand that well we don't entirely understand but we know that a miscarriage happens for for a reason and that you might be as positive as ever but if there's not a healthy egg or there's some issue with the sperm that that can be a factor in recurrent miscarriage from your own place what what do you think you changed you said you're in a better place at that next round I mean I was already a mum 
and I was working a full-time job and I was trying to cram an IV, really overwhelming, intense IVF cycle into my lunch breaks. Um, and I was on, you know, a lot of hormones. I was I was doing conventional cycle. I wasn't doing any, a mild cycle or anything. So I, re- I just remember squeezing the IVF into my life. And I knew that actually I wasn't giving it the energy. And also we were paying for it. And I just felt that with all this, the expense that I should be dedicating more time to the cycle. I was arriving at appointments stressed. I was dashing across London trying to get in time for acupuncture. And actually, I just don't think that that was beneficial for me. And and I mean that sort of energetically as well, you know, the nutrition and, and the lifestyle is one thing. But I think once I was more relaxed and, and we were very lucky that I was able to, to give up my job and dedicate more time to the, to the treatment. But once I had that pressure off me, I was able to just really think about and visualize the next baby. And I think ultimately... I do think that's what made a difference. And miscarriage, I think, is, you know, it was my body's way of sort of saying that it wasn't right. The next embryos weren't right either. We were able to sort of get over those cycles and put them behind us. But I had to dig up energy to put into the next one. And and I didn't have any of that left at that point. The only thing that could give was my job. You know, I couldn't change already being a mum. You know, I was a wife at that point. I, you know, that was the only thing that could change. So I do think that that was was a luxury that made all the difference. It's interesting to hear. So your daughter was born in 2015. And by that point, my beehive was born. So let's just talk a little bit about the kind of essence of, of what you're doing. I would describe it as a kind of care package in the way that you have the different products available as well as the kind of support you you tell me your thoughts behind it yeah so that the the idea came about because I felt that my as I've said before the clinic was doing everything medical so wonderfully but it was lacking on a holistic scale and I really wanted people to be able to find something that sort of held their hand along the way whilst they were doing treatment and so the first thing that my beehive is I would say is just a resource hub of information about fertility and for me it was IVF but I do think that there are so many things people can do before they even think about IVF I think sometimes people have a tendency to think oh it's always there I can always do IVF but you know the statistics still aren't great so I think there's a lot people can do in terms of their lifestyle and nutrition and all the fantastic home testing kits that exist now that make it possible for people to give themselves the best chance in their own home before seeking help with infertility issues. My Beehive offers a whole bunch of different checklists people can go through and just make sure that they've ticked off all the points and then when they sort of feel that they've gone through the list, they think, well, OK, let's seek help now. But they'll have done as much as they could at home. And that will include taking the proper nutritional supplements for both men and women and recommendations for those. That really is sort of the essence of it is just promoting fertility and looking after fertility. The second thing that it is, and this is what product I offer that I sell, it's called the IVF support service. And the idea is that this the service holds your hand while you do the treatment. So it's an emotional and nutritional package that works alongside IVF. And so a nutritionist and I have come up with some weekly meal planners 
are really easy and achievable. You know, they're not really complicated things. They're really easy to do. And they include a pre-IVF cleanse just to get your body really ready before treatment and also a stimulation phase meal planner as well when you're injecting just to make sure that you're getting that really good high protein diet. And these are all weekly meal planners that have been put together with IVF in mind. And again, they're not complicated and they'll be emailed to the patients so they can just print them off at home, stick them on their fridge. And the idea is, is that you're just giving yourself the best chance nutritionally, putting the right things in your body whilst you're doing the treatment. The other thing we do is send information at the right time. So for example, you're just about to go through egg collection. We'll send you fact sheets on what to pack what to expect, how to prepare, the period of time when you're getting the phone calls from the clinic about how many embryos and and what's happening to those. We offer a lot of support during that time. And then we also offer a two-week wait survival guide because we know that that two-week wait is just such a crucial, Mm. difficult, anxious time for people. And we've got a whole system in place for people there, which is all to basically make people feel that they're just not alone through this process and that there is a way of trying to make yourself feel that you're not going crazy. And crucially, this was a really important part for me is that when it comes to the test result, whether it's positive or negative, the idea with the support packages is that we remain with you throughout whatever the result is. So if it's positive, we help you with how to how to continue with a healthy pregnancy to about a week 12. And if it's negative, then we offer support on how to make the next move. So whether that's to find the energy to grieve this cycle and then make a decision about do I do another cycle and can I afford to do another cycle or whether to stop and think I'll take a break or whether to stop completely. The idea, again, is to give people the different choices that they have and help them come to a really healthy decision. And that whole package, we offer that online, and that's basically it's email-based, though I do send a lot of things in the post as well because I do think it's nice to have a bit of paper. And it's also... It's not a bill. Yeah. No, 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 absolutely not. And then um, it's also sprinkled with a few things like relaxation exercises and breathing techniques, yoga poses. So there's a little bit of everything in there. There's some practical information as well. So the idea is that it's just, it's supposed to complement what the clinic does. Mm. We're not doing it instead of, but it's supposed to help you along your way. That's the idea of the support. And you've got your Facebook community, so there can be that interaction there as well, can there? Yeah, absolutely. And then the idea with the support service is also that it's a two-way street. So I have a client this week who's obviously quite anxious, and so she wants to spend a lot of time asking me questions, and she's really making the most of that service, which is fantastic. Got other people who literally just want to know that I'm there. They'll take the information I give them, but that's all they need. So it really is tailored to each person's needs. And what I find is that because people don't always share, even with their nearest and dearest, what mm. they're going through, and I'm someone that maybe they've met at the fertility show, so it's nice to put a face to a name, but otherwise they're quite happy never to have met me. Mm. But we managed to put together a really nice relationship through email, and that is enough sometimes for them to just feel that they've got some support because you don't always want to bother a doctor. Well, also, I think one of the things that I've talked about on this podcast before is... When you talk about going through fertility treatment with friends who don't have any reference point, it it can become something that it's all they talk about to you. 
about. And it becomes, it's overwhelming and absorbing for you anyway, but those friends, it's all they'll talk about. Whereas what I pride myself on the friends who are going through treatment is I will only ask them probably if they bring it up. And like with your service, it's there if people want it, like you've just described. And if people aren't talking to their friends about it, then you can be there. And and I think it's, it's important to state that you're not an expert, you're someone who's using your personal experience to to guide and advise. And it's in the same vein as me with the podcast. And, and that's the kind of affiliation I have with you. And I think what you're doing is, is brilliant and really, really special. Offer that companionship because this is such a kind of life-changing full-on thing but you don't want it to rule your life because it does and it's inevitable that it does but that doesn't mean it's all you want to be thinking and talking about even though you need to be really on it yeah absolutely and I think that you're absolutely right I'm not an expert all that I'm bringing is my IVF experience, which through my just as much as through my successful cycles as as probably more actually through my failed cycles, have I realised that people really need the extra support. So what I've done is I've taken the nutritional expertise and the therapeutic expertise. We, we've got links with with infertility therapists online as well. So I can offer people more expert advice. I'm basically the sort of database that links... The connector. The connector, exactly. Well, I'm going to put the details of your website on the show notes for this episode. And we haven't actually talked about the 12-week bump. Was that a frozen... Was that a frozen embryo or was it... Yes. That That was a frozen embryo. Okay. From from the last... From your daughter. Yes, that's right. So we... my, My second daughter is now 18 months old. So this was the the leftover frozen embryo from the same batch as her, if you like. When we decided to transfer for her, we actually put two in and, and obviously only one took because we, we got our daughter. So we froze the third one and we thought, well, let's, you know, we were keen to have another try. And so we thought, well, let's try in the new year. But we knew the stats. I think they were about 35%, we were told by the clinic. We knew the stats weren't really on our side. So we kind of geared ourselves up for another round and we'd had so many failed frozen cycles before and so I was preparing myself to you know be injecting again by you know February and having to find some money again and miraculously it worked so we we couldn't quite believe it and we can't quite believe that we're, we're 12 weeks today actually so we're thrilled and over the moon and technically it's sort of our daughter's non-identical twin, which is a really odd thing to think about. Oh, it's lovely. And I'm delighted. I'm delighted for you. And actually, as someone who's at that point, as I've talked to you about, of, of embarking on that frozen cycle, it, it's really interesting to hear your mindset, having gone through the failed frozen cycle, to carry on. Because I, I I imagine if you've, you're, you're at that point, and when you've, when you've got frozen embryos, and I know people are listening to this who haven't even started their journey, so I do apologise for talking in in the future if, if you are just embarking on, on treatment. But when you've had fertility treatment and you've got frozen embryos, it's always there. They're thinking about what you're going to do about that. And as you'll know, if you, you, you are in this position, the clinic will then remind you each year that your storage needs to be it needs to be paid. And so when you make that decision to go into it, which is where we are, it, it's, I think, still overwhelming because you're going to invest and you've got no certainty. And like you've said, the stats aren't, aren't great and 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 I mean we're in a position where we have three and I had a conversation with the clinic the other day as to well what's best to do do we're not going to put three in but do we try to like 
I mean, then the thought of twins is quite terrifying, but then you wouldn't want to lower your chances. And it, it and, and support-wise then, do you feel that there was enough from the clinic or is that something that you're you're honing in on from your own experience of people going through the frozen, the, the frozen transfers? So one thing I, I probably should have mentioned when we were talking about the support service is that it also includes any frozen embryos that are left over from a previous cycle. And that's the reason why is because of what you've just asked me. So I haven't had any extra support from the clinic about preparing for a frozen transfer. All I had was an appointment. Mm. Um, and, 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 I, and I don't want to badmouth the clinic because their, their, their role is to offer, um, you know, the, the drugs and the treatment and the transfers. And, and they do that wonderfully. And they've given us all our wonderful children. So that in that sense, it's been a great process. But with regard to the support offered, I know they have two counsellors there, but they're very busy. And for anyone that has a job, it's impossible to find time to see these counsellors. So that's why I decided to include the frozen embryo transfers also as part of the IVF support service. Because I think it's it's crucial for people to know if they've failed from a fresh one, and they think, oh, I'll have a three-month break and then pick up again and do the frozen transfer in the summer, then we pick up with them where they left off. So that's all included in the same package, basically. All right. Well, like I say, we'll put all the details on the website and best of luck with your bump and thank um, you very much <laughs> with the website and I'm delighted that we got we finally got to speak I'll put some links like I say on on the show notes for the episode and I'm now on Instagram with the fertility podcast oh brilliant so I'll look you up all right Saskia lovely to chat thank you thank you for your time take care bye bye there you are two women who have given you two very different services but essential services in your fertility journey. So the show notes for you to find out more are thefertilitypodcast.com forward slash help. I've made it really simple. And there I will put Dr. Fana's details with her Twitter handle and the website for IVF Matters and Saskia's details as well. And as you heard me mention, I'm on Instagram now. So if you're a Gram fan, which I'm becoming more of one, then do give me a follow on there. It's just the Fertility Podcast. Um, And let me know who you are. And if you want to share your story, then as always, it's so lovely to hear from you. You can email me, natalie, at thefertilitypodcast.com. Or you can leave a little message on the website. There's a little button called Speaker Pipe. You can leave me a message. Now, before I go, I just want to remind you that you can rate and review this podcast in iTunes. I don't ask you to do that very often. But if that's how you listen, it'd be ace to hear what you think. Or you can just email me um, and tell me what you think because your feedback is massively welcome. So my email again is natalie at thefertilitypodcast.com. And until the next time, 